This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 44. This episode features registered nurse slash bartender Alex Rather, very good friend of mine. Uh, she was at my wedding along with uh, Jason Palmieri, who's been on this podcast, Alyssa May Atkinson, who's been on this podcast. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else from the wedding who's been on the podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, she's a great friend of mine. Uh, we were going to talk about kind of reproductive health and that kind of thing. Um, Alex has been in the delivery room for many, many a babies, many a times. Um, and so knows the ins and outs of the healthcare industry and what it's like to be a health practitioner. Um, and we did talk about those things, but we ended up just having a really great conversation in general. Um, like I said, she's a dear friend of mine. She's a gem, uh, Bushwick staple. Um, you can see her at a couple of bars now also. Um, she started bartending a little bit when she broke her arm a few years ago. Um, but anyway, uh, she's still a good friend of mine and still also a registered nurse, although she might be transitioning. Um, but without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. This is Alex Rather. Let's have a conversation. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm I'm in a basement and I'm recording a podcast. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to be here. <laughs> And what were you, you, uh, you were coming from some kind of interview today? Yeah. So, um, I was interviewing to be the, uh, safety officer at my hospital for my department. It would basically be, um, keeping everyone in check. And when an incident happens, then, uh, we, you know, have to look at all the facts from every angle and, uh, see how we can improve. And, uh, we've kind of fucked up a lot this year, so, Ooh. Um, so we've implemented a lot of changes and I, uh, I'm kind of ready to not be at the bedside anymore and just be, you know, I was basically told in the interview today that you wouldn't be doing nursing anymore. You would just be administrative and going to a lot of meetings and I don't, it seems like a great idea. So fun. We'll see. I mean, I'm not really expecting to get it, but you know, if I do, I'm, ready to take on the nine to five lifestyle, which I've never had. Have you ever done the nine to five? Never. Um, well actually, no, that's not true. Um, I've done the nine to five when it comes to acting. Oh, okay. Cause if you do a play, the hours are actually like during the rehearsal process, the hours are actually kind of nine to five. Um, I think it's more, I'm trying to remember now. I think it's like 10 to six. Oh, that's perfect hours um, though. And it's, but it's, Tuesday through Sunday, actually, usually, because Monday's the dark day in the theater. So the rehearsal process is longer. Uh Maybe it's 10 to, I can't remember what it is exactly. It's been a while since I did um, a full union play. Um, I still have my union card, so. But like if you did, yeah, if you did, uh, I I fucked up with one of the unions, just um, one of the screen ones I was Mm -hmm. a part of a long time ago and just, yeah, let it lapse and. Yeah. No. Whatever. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay again. Yeah. My um, dad is still part of the writer's guild union. So he gets, he's getting a full pension 
because he worked, um, he worked eight straight years just in, in television and then got to, now he's going to collect his pension and get a, a certain amount of money every month, which I'm like, dude, David, you wrote on one show and it's basically one show, but it was kind of insane that he, he gets all that for eight years of work. It's interesting. Like, uh, that's actually one area, um, and that is incentive for me to get my ass back to like acting work. Yeah. You, it's changed from when I first joined, but for theater, it's like, it, well, it used to be 10 weeks and you're covered for a year. That's um, not even that long. It's more now though. I think it's like, I can't remember if it's, I can't remember exactly, but it's like, there's a certain amount and that's half a year. And then a certain mm-hmm. amount, it's the full year. Um, and then for TV and film, it's even different. Yeah. Because theater, you know, it's like when you do a run, it's usually a three to a five week rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And then depending on whether it's regional theater or Broadway, like Broadway is different because that's going to like run unless it's just bombs. It's going to run for forever. At least, well, at least a few months. Yeah. And then, yeah, some of them years. Yeah. Um, But yeah, TV and film, you don't, unless you're working on a TV as a regular. Yeah. Which most actors aren't. Most do a day you know or a few days um so yeah the union is in the actor's favor in that way like if you you work you don't have to work that much but it's like for an actor it is working yeah a lot even though it's only yeah i mean it's crazy that that even exists because you just think about like 40 50 years ago that didn't exist and people used to work their butts off and i've been in a union since i graduated from nursing school and the first job that I had, um, we went on strike like three times because the the hospital would not ratify a contract with our um, with our hospital because they were trying to shut the hospital down in San Francisco. Um, and now they're and the whole like we went on strike once for two days, nothing happened. We went on strike for ten days, nothing happened. And then we went on strike one more time for another two or three days. And I just remember being like. We're going on strike and the hospital's paying these um, strike nurses like $900 a shift just to be there. And they're okay with that. They'd rather do that than just ratify a contract, you know. But it was just, you know, we, I remember having meetings being like, this this unit's getting shut down. This hospital's getting shut down. You're moving. And that was really scary. But then the city and county of San Francisco was like, nope, you can't do that because there's only two hospitals on this side of Market Street. So this place has to stay open because San Francisco general can't handle the, the influx of patients. So it's amazing that there's so many different unions for so many different types of professions. And I think it's incredible and just shows where we've gone in our, you know, and it just shows progress and I love it. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I just, um, I'm going to do an acting class coming up and it's like this, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah. And I was decided to look back at an old school movie because we have to pick a scene for the first one. It has to be from a movie. And not, so it's like not, but anyway, I looked at On the Waterfront. Oh, yeah. Um, and that one yeah. is about like union corruption, which yeah. is like the other side. But then it's about ultimately the workers standing up for yeah. themselves. Um, yeah. Because I mean, anything can get corrupt. Yeah. And you see the non-union versus union like... Um, just in this in, in construction, like you see it in Brooklyn, like the building next to mine that they were building and they were building it like feverishly, like every day, like they were there at seven thirty, like, like 
like sledgehammers, like just, it was jackhammering. I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then someone got killed on the construction site and it was a non-union job, but now they're, you know, the family of the construction worker who got killed is suing the construction company for unsafe conditions. And, you know, I was talking to one of my neighbors who's a construction worker in the city and he's part of the union. And he pointed out just within a minute was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. Do you see that over there? This is wrong. This is wrong. This building is going to fall apart in the next 15 years, no matter what. And it's just crazy to see like how lax non-union jobs are. And it's like, come on, it's like 2018. Like, wouldn't you think that there's some kind of safety standards you have to hold yourself to, even if there's no union. Well, that's, yeah. And that's like the reason probably now more than ever, if you can be in some kind of union to protect yourself good, because the national, the whole thing with like deregulation, like I get the argument against over-regulation, like, you know what I mean? Like there's things that there are certain rules on top of rules that like make the whole like jam up the system unnecessarily. Yeah, definitely. I get that. Yeah. But the just deregulation is always good argument is stupid too. Like it's like if you want to look at it, like I think have an argument about what should be regulated and what should not. But clearly like like human life. (laughs) Yeah. Human life should be regulated. (laughs) Our water. (laughs) Our water. Like water standards. Yeah. Um yeah. What else do we got? Like, you, you know, it's just crazy. I mean, but then you look at it with like the MTA and everything like that. And it's just, it, that is a very, I'm very glad that that's unionized, but they've taken it to ex- an extreme where they've ruined the commute for a lot of people. Like our, my commute to work is terrible because the way that they set the signal system up. Did you read that article? Yeah. Times? Oh my God. Made me so mad. I was reading this and it's just, so now like what? 10 less trains travel an hour because they, the signal system that they set up doesn't work. Or it were Yeah. They didn't like, there's like an exponential like uh bottleneck that happens yeah. because of the way they like, it, yeah. which is, that's a whole, that's crazy though. Cause it's a, it's like something about keeping the trains a certain distance yeah. complicated. It's very complicated, but you like, there, there was that, um, map that, that like visual yeah. thing and it, it was, it's to protect MTA construction workers. And I'm very, yeah, no one should lose their life going to, going to work. And, um, people are still dying. Like it yeah. happened once in London in 1998. And since then they've never, they haven't had any construction workers that work on their subway die because they'd made regulations that work and it's just insane that it still happens yeah all the time and it's my god like makes me so mad and cuomo just got reelected, and like what's he doing for our subway system he just keeps making it worse and i remember um you asked me during the primary like who if i was gonna vote for and you were a little bit mad at me um because i was gonna vote for nixon yeah But the reason for that is I don't like I I like I think there are worse people than we can have. And when I was young, I actually saw him speak at uh, Martin Luther King's birthday in Atlanta at Mm -hmm. the church there. Um, I'd won an essay contest back in the day. Um, (laughs) But and I was a terrible high school student, too, by the way. But like (laughs) I I wrote a speech. Yeah. Like, um kind of a poem and won the contest on that but uh yeah like he spoke there and it was a really good speech and Mm -hmm. it was like talking about 
um, northern racism versus southern racism because there's the myth that racism only existed in the south. Yeah. Um, and like the truth is, the south has always been a little bit more overt with it, and mm-hmm. there are definitely like I don't I'm not interested in going to Alabama. That's no, one place. No, no, thank you. And Mississippi you. would no. be the other. Yeah. Those are like two, you know what I mean? Um, that I'm not interested in just because I've like I don't feel safe there, and mm-hmm. I don't. You know what I mean? Like not like I guess for historical, if it was something to do with Martin Luther King and yeah. those civil rights leaders. But besides that, like I'm not interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talked about the North having racism with a smile. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the same thing like with redlining. So instead of like overtly chasing people out of town, you like redline and gentrify yeah. and deny opportunities um, yeah definitely so like that then I, th- I thought he was a interesting cat and i do think he's a smart dude i think he's a politician like everybody else yeah. um and yeah he's from a political family um and like i in general i'm not <laughs> there's not any republican i'm really happy with right now no except for the ones who are currently Lisa Murkowski, like have left their, I love her because she voted against that asshole and, of Kavanaugh. Yeah, and people who yeah. have left their part, like yeah. there are people who have left the party because it has become overtly yeah. like crazy right now. Yeah. Um, that I can, you know, but that aside, I also have a lot of criticisms with like the Democrats, like not, yeah. um, not doing what they're supposed to do also. So to yeah. me, like having a challenger is good to like, yeah. like it's good to keep, like him on his toes like there's other people you know cynthia nixon didn't ultimately yep there's the wolves um didn't Uh, i actually ended up voting for her okay yeah i ended up voting for her because um i just felt like cuomo's been given a chance and um i was really excited to vote for zephyr teach out i was really who was running for um lieutenant governor what was his name zume williams I was yeah. really excited to vote for him, too, which, unfortunately, everyone I voted for didn't make it to the election in November, but it's okay. I just, I feel like... Julia Salazar. Oh, she did. Yes, yeah. I did. And I ended up, I did vote for her, too. Um, yeah, she was the only one. I was, it was exciting to see the change that's coming, I think. But, you know, even on Tuesday, we didn't, like, you know, Beto didn't win, which I donated to his campaign, and I was following that closely, and... Very close. And then it remains to be seen, uh, Georgia and and Florida. And and Florida, yeah. Um, I'm holding out hope. Um, Trump is doing that whole thing where, you know, voter fraud and Rick Scott, who's... He looks like a demon. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, there is hope, and, you know, all the women that did end up winning and you know, flipping the house for the Democrats was great. I'm very excited to see what um, Ilya Oman in Minnesota is going to do. And uh, obviously Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I'm stoked on her. It's just like, she's like the epitome of what we are. And it's record. Know? Yeah. It's like the record amount of women elected to the house. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of women in color represented. Yeah. Um, there was the first openly gay governor of, was it Colorado? Colorado. Yeah. Um, so to me, um, even leading up to that election, this is where I get annoyed with the Demo- like with the Democrats as like a yeah. national organization. Like they don't learn. No, <laughs> like, and they, they don't, never do. <laughs> they don't learn why, like why, the, like what is um, 
pissing people off about them. Yeah. So like even the whole thing of like pushing the idea of the blue wave, the blue wave, it's like, I don't care. Like as somebody who like I, you know, struggle with the balance of how much news I can watch or like read because yeah, it's exactly. depressing but like <laughs> you know i pay attention yeah fairly well and um the thing about the blue wave is like i don't want a, i don't care about a blue wave if it's more of the same thing exactly um yeah. so to me it's more exciting that new yeah. people are represented um that the face yeah the, the face of the party is changing which is awesome i'm just like when i found out that pelosi was going to be house majority again it's just like why yeah like why what is what is pelosi done you know she's just it's just it's her and like diane feinstein who when i lived in san francisco was it no pelosi was in san francisco so i had the opportunity to vote for her when i lived there but um it's just it's it's like there's other people that can rise up to the occasion so like why is it always the same people so now in two years, like people are going to get pissed off at the Democrats again, and it might switch all over again. And it might be, yeah, we might get a, a Democratic president, uh, which would be great, but, you know, anyone but Trump. But it's a, I don't know, it's a scary time, and we're, our country's just getting more and more divided, and you you see it. Yeah, and that's, I think, the thing that, like, to me, pisses me. Like, it's like, stop with the blue wave thing, because yeah. that's just sort of like, that's a pick us instead of them. Yeah. Instead of make the case of why people should pick you. Yeah. Like make the case. Yeah. That's what people are angry about is because you're not addressing the things people are telling you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it just gets, I just get so frustrated about that. Um, and it's just, it's hard to see. I mean, like I, Obamacare, I love, I needed it and I used it last year when I broke my hand and it saved my life. Like I, I wouldn't be a person today. I mean, I would, but, um, no, I probably wouldn't be, I would probably not even be here if it weren't for Obamacare because I broke my hand and then I was very, very depressed and like very on, like I really had to seek help, but I knew that I'm a registered nurse and I knew that, but if it weren't for me having healthcare, I wouldn't be here, you know? And it's insane that more people don't see that. I don't know. Um, it's just, but that's also a flawed system too, you know? So there's a lot of change that is good that's happening, but I think overall um, Tuesday Tuesday was, was a good it was thing. a good day, and like people that were um, depressed by it, I think were very unrealistic yeah. about what was going to happen, and like have a short time memory on what happened post nine eleven. Yeah, like people got crazy. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like 9-11, you saw the good side of people as far as like people coming together. Mm-hmm. But then I remember for me, it was disheartening how quickly, like even people like, and this is like, I was living in Seattle still. So way yeah. more progressive area, but people like pushing for war yeah. before we knew for sure who and then, did it. And yeah. then being like, well, I don't care. Like blah, blah, blah. Like people, you know, and it's just sort of like, what the hell like you know what i mean like don't you see when we like when the u.s for the first time experiences something like this on its soil from Mm -hmm. like somewhere else how that feels and the first thing you want to do is like bomb another country Mm -hmm. um where 
innocent lives are also going to be like yeah. die. So it's like you're not exactly. just bombing the people who you know committed the thing like innocent people yeah. are, and you're okay and with that and we're like, still involved in in afghanistan and iraq and it's just like we went into iraq on false pretenses anyway and like i think people forget that because it's been such a long time but how many lives have been, how many men and women have died and for no reason like what did we go in there for i mean we want maybe there were other reasons to financial financial private yeah <laughs> reasons is um, i think yeah unfortunately but, yeah you know. and you we forget that like bush was kind of terrible because of our current administration and we forget that like oh yeah like we all like obama is amazing but you know obama wasn't he did a bunch of terrible shit yeah too, you i know? think I, I say that often like obama was the best president in my lifetime for sure yeah but i was born into reagan mm-hmm. then i had bush one then I had Clinton, who at the time I thought was like, he was the best president in my lifetime yeah. at the time. In hindsight, it's like looking at his economics, which at the time seemed good. Yeah. Um, that's where a lot of deregulate, like the deregulation that started in Reagan yeah. continued with Clinton. Yeah. Um, they had a more progressive mes- message, mm-hmm. but economically, like when the bottom fell out, like there was the safety net was gone. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, um, and it disproportionately affected the people that they were talking about helping yeah. with the progressive message. You know, the yeah. the black people, like yeah. for sure, went like, yeah, like so. Um, and then it's and then it comes down to like you know the whole history of our country. Yeah, is pretty bloody um, mm-hmm. you know yeah there, like there's a cost for it that yeah that we have to someday address I mean, like the we're world we're still knows. paying for it you know and it's a different way you, i mean speaking you were speaking of racism earlier and as a nurse like i i mean i do this too but you make stereotypes about people and there is an increase it's in the news all the time which i think is great and i think it's wonderful but the South is where there's a highest rate of infant mortality, the highest comorbidity rates. Um, and Texas has the highest maternal mortality rate in the country. Um, and it's all women of color. And it's we're not listening to our patients. And a lot of it is because, like, oh, you're being dramatic. Oh, I don't, you don't know what pain is. Like, you're young. You have no idea. Like, And we're not listening to our patients. And that is a scary thing. And I remember there was this one patient who was in the ER and the physician was trying to bring her up just to, she had lost her baby. I forget how many weeks she was. And we're like, you know, she just had the placenta and we were like, oh, we're just, you know, the doctor wanted to bring the patient up. And I just, oh, Oh, it's okay. (laughs) Um, And the doctor was African-American. The patient was African-American and she was like, you know, the reason that you guys don't want this patient on this unit is because she's black. And all of us were like, what no and got so upset but you know then there's the it was just like there were other things you know it wasn't it wasn't busy there it could have been done but there's you see it and i catch myself doing it a lot too which is kind of i've become more aware and i try not to do that because everyone deserves the same amount of care and i do work in a hospital where it's a lot more affluent we do have a lot of famous people that have come through our doors and it's just, you know, sometimes you're told, like, oh, make sure you give this person extra 
care. And it's like, no, you're not supposed to do that. Like the thing, one of the first things that you learn when you go into nursing school and then one of the reasons you become a nurse is because everyone deserves the right amount of care. And I've taken care of patients that have, that are prison patients. I've taken care of patients that have walked off that are homeless and don't know, don't know they're pregnant. And I actually like taking care of those patients a lot because they're actually way more grateful and they're not like, well, why isn't this happening? Why aren't I giving my private room? Why, like, why can't I, why can I have the thing that I want right now? And instead of someone who is not used to being treated fairly or, or nicely, or is not used to being treated like they're a human being, um, those are the patients I like to take care of. And I, you know, working in Manhattan, it's, I don't have that as much anymore. And it's kind of a bummer. When I worked in San Francisco, you know, I would know how bad the crack on the street was because of how women would come and being like, I smoked some bad crack. And you're like, yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just remember the first Christmas that I ever worked I had a patient who I came in early and the nurse, my charge nurse was like, Oh, you get report from the doctor. And I was like, okay. And she was like, well, we don't know how many weeks she is, like how many, like she was pregnant and she was in booming labor. Um, we, she used to be a heroin addict, but she's not anymore. And we think she's high on speed, but we're not sure. Have fun. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I was 22, 23 years old being like thrown into this situation where I was not prepared. Um, and I just remember being like, okay, I'm going to be your nurse. I need to start an IV. And remember the patient, like, I will remember her for the rest of my life. Like, like she pulled a tourniquet out of my hand and was like, this one right here. Get it right here. I always, I used to use heroin. I love this vein. And I got an IV there. And I was like, okay, great. And, but, you know, like, I learned so much from those patients. I learned how to ask the questions correctly and everything like that. And it um, it really shaped who I am as a nurse now, the, the, my first years. And I was actually talking in the job interview I had earlier, like, oh my God, I can't believe I did the things, like some of the things that I did when I was a, like a new nurse or like two or three years in, like I would definitely never, ever do those things now. And um, that's the great thing about working in healthcare is that it is constantly changing and constantly evolving. And um, you always have to stay on top of what's going on because it changes. And we are doing things to patients that in probably like 10 years, 10, 15 years from now that we're going to be like, oh my God. Fucking God. That's like believe. a, yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. I can't believe that we were doing that. <laughs> I remember, um, with, when, with my healthcare that I had through Pine Box, we had a couple of different companies. Yeah. And the, I think it was the first one we had was not, at least the, the doctor I went to was not, um, like you see, just like the, yeah, this doctor has to take on, more patients than they should mm -hmm. um to just to make ends to meet. make a living yeah. Yeah. um but the information because it's like she looked at my and everything was like pretty healthy she was like well your blood pressure is a little bit elevated blah 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 and it was like you know drinking so i'm like okay like i'll cut back on drinking mm -hmm. whatever and see and she's like yeah and like her diet advice was like um it wasn't was it blood maybe the blood blood the blood pressure slightly and cholesterol slightly but she didn't 
get into talking about healthy versus bad Mm -hmm. and her advice on diet was like old advice like I'm listening to her and I'm like that's not like in my head I'm like I read up on nutrition and like the problem is I don't know about now but I feel like in medical school it seems like depending on where you go like I'm not sure what the latest on like nutrition is there. Cause, mm-hmm. cause it's like the FDA yeah. like moves super slow, yeah, even they though do. like scientists yeah. and everybody like, like that's why nutrition, you know, um, did you know the FDA just came out with an even stronger narcotic an even stronger opioid opioid? It's like, dude, we have a problem in this country. What the fuck are yeah. you doing? And meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, God. Like, that's a national crisis. <laughs> and meanwhile, like, still dragging their feet on CBD yeah, and, like, marijuana, exactly. which like, there are zero the deaths. Get the fuck out of here. Like, yeah. yeah. It's that, I mean, that has been proven to work by multiple scientific studies. Including scientific studies that were paid for to prove the harmful effects, like have backfired every time. Yeah, and then, you know, all the studies with using LSD for patients that are dying of um, cancer and using mushrooms and everything like that is like hallucinogenics to like cure depression and everything like that. And there's study, there there are clinics, there's, I'm reading this one book that I read, um, How to Change Your Mind. Um, everyone should read that book. I forget who it's by right now because I'm a terrible person, but how to change your mind. He, well, I also know I've heard, yeah. um, you know, nice, you know, experimenting with some hallucinogens also can help with depression. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I've and done you can a, also microdose, like microdose, psilocybin. Yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, I've done enough acid in my life to know that that's not my jam, but I, I mean, yeah, microdosing, I've done it for a f- over a few days with a friend of mine who um, grows mushrooms in his attic. Have you ever done ayahuasca? Uh, no. I wanted to, and I was going to go to like a like a ayahuasca ceremony, ceremony upstate, but then um, I had a boy over, so I didn't do that. <laughs> I've, I've done it once. What's it like? Um, my experience was amazing. Yeah. Um, it was... Like it, I actually had to take a second dose mm-hmm. um, and okay. I was there with other people that didn't and I saw them like reacting and I'm like, nothing's really happening for yeah. me. Then I took the second dose and then, you know, you do purge, mm-hmm. although it's possible not to, but I feel like that, um, and I don't like throwing up, but like yeah. this felt actually different. Yeah. It felt like in the green mile when John Coffey throws up those like flies. Yeah. It felt like. I was getting that bad shit out. Oh, that's amazing. Like, it really felt... Like, and they kept referring to it as, like, the purge, but it really did feel like cathartic. A, that's like, amazing. And then... um, It was definitely visual. Like, uh-huh. I didn't leave the room. Um, I saw kind of lights and everything. Mm-hmm. I kind of saw what I describe as, like, the universal light yeah. um, emanating... And it's like a in a grit, like kind of in these intricate patterns, like kind of like veins and oh, designs. That's amazing. Like so through people, I would see that, but also like the wall, everything had it. That's amazing. Um, and and then the one thing that I did see was I went back, I got some air on the back, like fire escape, because mm-hmm. it was in like this yoga studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and the back 
like had all this IV like on the back of the other apartments and fire escapes. Mm-hmm. And all the IV was like lit up and oh, it was cool. super dope. And then in the morning, my friend who invited me to the ceremony, we went out and I pointed, I was like, you know, showing where the, all the IV was. Mm-hmm. There was no IV on the building. So Whoa. I didn't, I, like I knew that the light and stuff was. Maybe it had been there in the past or something like it that. It felt like, yeah. I saw, like it felt like I saw like more light, like the life through mm-hmm. the bricks, through the con- concrete, you know? That's amazing. And then the, but other than that, it was like very lucid. Yeah. Like I kind of went in there asking, like wanting kind of guidance in my life and like direction and stuff like mm-hmm. that, or like some answers. Yeah. And it was very, a very clear answer. It was kind of a, like, it was kind of a joke. It was sort yeah. of like, you know, like, you, you know, know what to do. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just do what you know you're supposed to do. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Wow, maybe I should do ayahuasca. It's good. Um, I really always wanted to try peyote, but, or no, quaaludes, but that doesn't exist anymore, sadly. Yeah. And peyote too, maybe, but I don't know. I just, I have this whole thing with like, maybe not taking from other cultures that we've taken so much from already that I just, I'm like, uh, maybe, you know. I want to uh, like honor you by not it's, participating in something that I'm probably not supposed to be a part of. I don't know though, because it's um, it's so like people that take it still, mm-hmm. um, it's they do it to reconnect with the yeah. earth and oh, stuff. Yeah, and so it definitely does that, and I do think that might be beneficial. Yeah. For, for humankind. Yeah. How long did your um your experience last it's, with the so ayahuasca? So the ayahuasca is like an overnight thing. Okay. Um, but then the experience I felt lasted like a month yeah. or so after. Like I was on like I felt super clear. That's amazing. Super high. Yeah. Like, yeah. but in a positive way. I didn't want to drink. That's great. Um, I felt yeah, super I good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the first time I ever did mushrooms in college, I just remember like the college that I went to was on the top of this hill, and it was just surrounded by nature, and it was it was this beautiful college that I went to St. Mary's College of California, in uh, Moraga, which is in the Bay Area. Um, I like the Bay Area a lot. I love the Bay Area. I'm actually going for my dad's wedding at the end of the month. Can't wait. Um, I'm very excited to go. But um, I just remember it was night. And we took these mushrooms and my friend Eileen and I just walked around the campus and we were like, wow, we take so much for granted. And like, you could see the trees moving. And to this day, I still am like nature, like I don't see it enough because I've lived in cities my whole life. And, um, I just remember like seeing like trees being alive and like we were walking on this ground and I was like, this is earth. And I like was touching it and it was just this incredible experience. So I always like have this like good feeling with um, with mushrooms because I'm like, oh, I had a good first trip and it was yeah. amazing, you know. And my first trip with acid was, it just got dropped into my mouth, and I didn't ask for it. Uh, you know? That's no good. So. <laughs> that's like not good. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I keep being like, if someone offers me acid, I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do it. And then then like two hours into, I'm like, 
fuck, I have another 11 of this to go. Right yeah. <laughs> so I did it once with my band and it was like, we did it the night before and I had to work brunch the next day at nine, eight, three. Oh God. And <laughs> we had, this is like in the beginning of the band too. Um, no, I am the third. Yeah. We, so we were playing a show and then we got to talking about acid and how several of us hadn't done it. Mm-hmm. And then one of my bandmates happened to have some, it's like, Oh, we should do that. And then we agreed to do it that weekend. Yeah. But we had also agreed to play like an acoustic set somewhere. Um, oh, no. did you play it on acid? Yes. <laughs> because then they were like, okay, well, we're still doing this. And I was like, all right, well, I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and it, everything went fine. Great. And, and it was, yeah, it was a really good time. And then, yeah, I don't think I slept that night. No, I... And I definitely... It, like, it had been more than 24 hours, but I was still at brunch, like, just like, I'm not here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think it was, yeah, still a one-bartender show then, and so that was me. Mm-hmm. And the manager there is like, I think I made a few small, like, mis- like just forgot something or, yeah. you know, like, which on a normal brunch can happen because it's like busy. It's busy. Yeah. Um, that, that was life cafe back in the day. It was like busy. And yeah, I remember the GM saying something like, Oh, do 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 like something I'm like, Oh, good job. You know, and just sort of like in my head, I'm just like, you have no idea how amazing it is that, <laughs> that I'm doing yeah. this job right now. Like, I don't know how this is possible. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am here and, and I'm like, I'm awake back in Seattle and I'm like, you know, yeah. my whole consciousness is like yeah. split right now. Um, yeah. The one time, the first time I did acid, it was like dropped in my mouth at like two in the morning. And then I um, had to like wake up. This was on 4th of July and I just moved to San Francisco. And the next day I remember I had to like go to my job, which was working at the co- my college at the time. And we were starting this nutrition program for these inner city kids in Oakland and Richmond and everything. And we had to teach them about nutrition and I had to give the opening statement and I was like tripping balls still. I was fucked up. And I just remember being like, okay, Alex, go. And I was like, okay. And it's all these like 16, 17 year old kids that are like, probably have more, had more life experiences than I did. And they were like, I was like, okay, so we're going to go to the cafeteria and you're going to get this $5 pass. But like, let's look at healthy options. And like, what are the four food groups? And this one girl like raised her hand. She's like, you know, there's five food groups. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I was like, okay. And then I was writing things and shit was like getting all like twirled up in intertwined. And I was like, I am fucked up. And then I tried eating and my friend Grace was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm on acid. <laughs> and she was like, what? Like, I can't, like, it's insane that no one figured out that I was fucked up. Just like how no one figured out that you were super fucked up either. It's just, just like, hi. Yeah. It's like, you know, and uh, don't worry, I don't do acid anymore. I'll still, I'll deliver your babies. Not on acid. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I like just the amount of things that people do in their lives is kind of crazy. You yeah. Know? So, and we still have so much more life to go. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully if yeah. humanity gets it together. Um, 
So. I have to get going pretty soon. Okay, that's fine. Um, but is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, not really. I think this is good. We've had this is a good talk. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's do it again. Yeah, seriously, I'd be down. Um, I work at Precious Metal on Friday nights, so anyone wants to come visit me, and we can talk about other things too, and I can tell you some crazy nursing stories. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. Well, it was a pleasure oh, talking so to fun. you yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely yeah, we'll do this, do again. this again. Yeah, um, I can tell you about my crazy family and everything like that. Yeah, next time. yeah, yeah. So um, I'm like, this is like I did the first fifty episodes, mm-hmm. and then there are like Mark Marin. I think he does have people on yeah. again, but he kind of does a different one every time. Yeah, but then Joe Rogan. Uh, does different yeah. things and definitely has regulars on. And oh I think God. I want to do something of the combo. Like, you know, yeah. Dif- yeah. Um, Joe I, Rogan, I like that though better. Joe Rogan's see. interview with Elon Musk made me hate Elon Musk even more than I already do. <laughs> that guy sucks. He smoked weed though. I give him that. But yeah, it was yeah. weird. But then he lost a ton of investors because of that. Weird. Yeah, right. But that's stupid too. Yeah. Also, yeah. just, you know, maybe don't be a stupid person who says stupid things i don't know that too that too i'm not a powerful rich man who knows everything so anyway (laughs) well thank you for talking with me yeah thanks for having me i I asked alec to do this but it's my pleasure like (laughs) you know and i tell like i've said it on here like you know, people should let me know if they want to. Yeah. I mean, I love you. You're so great. And you know, I love the interviews that you've had and I love listening to it. And it's just like one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So well, I hope thank you. I appreciate yeah. that a lot. And you're one of my favorite people. Oh, so, you're, you know, you're, you're at my wedding. You know. I know. So fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, cool. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. <laughs> so that was my conversation with Alex Rather. Had a great time talking with her. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation. Um, on the healthcare tip, I just took the mini wolves, Fozzie, Bear Wolf, and Aria Bear Wolf to the vet. Um, they're all up to date on their shots. Um, Fozzie's getting a little bit more up there, so there are some things I might have to start doing for him. Might have to do some other tests for him. Um, but he's relatively healthy for his his uh, middle age um, and Arya's pretty much 100% healthy although she was uh, she was uh, had an upset stomach because she was so nervous being in a vet place because she was adopted adopted from uh, Korea from K9 the Korean dog rescue organization based here in New York probably gonna have Gina on pretty soon from that also um, if you enjoyed that conversation please uh, subscribe share rate review Uh, Let me know what you think. Um, I look forward to sharing these other conversations I have coming up with you. And uh, I hope you are doing interesting things, things you're interested in doing. Um, And uh, don't be afraid to do them. Go after them. You know, do it. Share it with the world. Make it happen. Uh, Share it with me. I'll talk to you about it on here. Um, If you're in the Bushwick area, you can come in to the Rack Shack and come down to the studio that we have set up there. Thank you very much for listening. I truly appreciate it. Um, Have a good one. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And I will talk to you soon. Take care. Peace. (laughs) 